Is there footage of a guardian angel saving a man's life? Or is it something more sinister? And then we take a trip around the world to meet a whole slew of female shape-shifting cryptids that kill you. And yes, this one's interactive. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day, too. And I sincerely mean that. I always hope that you guys are out there having great days, doing fun stuff. I hope today was better than yesterday, and tomorrow will be even better than today. And I really mean that. So we're going to go ahead and just jump into the first story here. Now, the first story may seem a little simple at first, but you're going to have to hold my hand. We're going to go on this journey. There's some viral footage going around right now of what appears to be a guardian angel. Now, there's a couple details that we don't have because this happened in Turkey. So, really, what generally, what is in English, the articles in English? We have security cam footage, which I'll describe to you because this is a podcast and I can't really show it to you, so I'm going to describe it to you. And then there's an interview with the man involved, but it's in Turkish, and it's not being translated English that I've seen. So for all I know, he's saying, oh yeah, no, no, it was totally natural. It was my buddy Jimmy. Like, there was nothing paranormal about this. But so I'm relying just on all the articles that have been written about the footage itself. So this is what it is. We're in Turkey. This dude's name is Sidar. And this happened this year. This happened about a month ago. His name's Sidar Beninci. Something like that. So anyway, Sadar is closing up his shop. He's doing something at the corner of the camera screen. Just fiddling around, right? So Sadar is standing outside of his shop, and it's like an open street. And he's he's just doing his normal thing. And you see a gentleman start walking towards him, just walking down the street towards him. And he taps Sadar on the shoulder. And just keeps on walking. Seems to say something to him, maybe, but doesn't stop. At that point, Sadar starts to turn, and a white truck passes him, and then a massive metal gate is swinging right at him. And he jumps out of the way. And the gate is this big, heavy gate that basically would have hit him like a baseball across the baseball field. It was coming fast, it was heavy and hard. He would have been doomed if that person had not tapped him on the shoulder. And then you see Sadar kind of look around, And try to figure it out. Eventually, you see the guy who was driving the truck jump out of the truck and move the gate back into the position it was supposed to be in. But we don't see the guy who warned him back in frame. So, again, he gave an interview about this. And he could have easily said, oh, no, 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 we know that great gate was rusted. This guy's totally aware of that. He was just warning me. Man, what a close call. That guy is my guardian angel. But the way it's being played up in the paranormal world is like, then this guy mysteriously disappeared. Sadar had never seen him before and hasn't seen him since. And really, we don't know because the interview is in Turkish. But let's go with the idea that this was a paranormal event. If it was a guardian angel who showed up and tapped him on the shoulder and made him, warned him of what was happening, it begs the question of why aren't there more guardian angels out there? Because for every Sadar who has a lucky break, who's warned of this gate about to smash him to pieces, there's millions of others who don't. And they die in stupid, ridiculous ways. Falling off ladders, falling off bridges, getting run over by steamrollers, which I think is probably one of the worst. Falling in a volcano. Lots of falling in my world. Gravity is a supervillain. But 
Where are their guardian angels? Whether or not they show up on film is inconsequential, but where are theirs? And so I came up with a possible theory. Now again, let's accept for a second that the way that the media is portraying this is that this was actually a, a guardian angel tapping him on the shoulder. Then the question goes is, why was he warned and so many other people aren't? And then I started thinking about it. Just mir- miracles in general. And I came up with this, I came up with this conspiracy theory. What if miracles aren't good? Hold my hand. Go with me on this journey. We're going to take this example exactly here. Sidar is standing outside of his shop. And if that gate had hit him, this video would have simply been on Live Leak. This video would have been on some gore website, or it would have been turned into a WebM of, look at this guy get horribly mangled by this giant metal gate. And in real life, after everyone gets done watching the video, what happens is Sadar gets taken to the hospital, where he's treated for his injuries, and there's a long road to recovery to bring him back to how he was before the accident. And while he's in this hospital, he makes some friends, and he meets a young nurse, A young, beautiful nurse. And over the course of months, these people become soulmates. They never would have met if it wasn't for this accident. They lived in two totally different worlds. But they met now. They fall in love. They have children. They build a life together. And that was the way fate was supposed to be for Siddhar. And for the nurse. But something said, no, let's interfere in this. And so they stop the tragic event, and Sadar will go on with the rest of his life, having never met the person he was really, truly supposed to be with. What if miracles, what we perceive as miraculous events, are actually interference from either guardian angels, quote-unquote, or time travelers? What if miracles actually in the long run have a negative impact on the way the world was supposed to be? Some force is manipulating it. And while we may think in that moment where we barely avoid that horrible car accident, or the plane safely lands even though the engines were on fire, the reason why we survived that was actually some bizarre punishment, something that was keeping us from the life we were truly supposed to have, that fate had planned out for us. The miracle, actually, was the bad ending. And speaking of bad endings, let's go ahead and move on to our second story. Now, our second story is an interactive adventure. You're going to pick a number between 1 and 4. 1 and 4 will decide your fate. We're going to travel the world, and we're going to look at some unique female sex monsters. Now, got your number? Write it down. And then throw it away, because I'm sure you'll remember any number between 1 and 4. But we are now going to travel around. We are going to meet these lovely maidens of madness. First off, we are going to Dominican Republic. So, sexy salsa music. That's actually a theme song for something. Anyways, sexy salsa music. So, we're in Dominican Republic. We got sexy salsa music. We got sweet, sweet, beautiful women. We're walking through the mountains of the Dominican Republic. You got your walking stick. You got your backpack. You got your map. You're not Dora, but you are walking through the Dominican Republic. And it's dark. The moon is crusted over the mountains. And in the faint 
beautiful moonlight. The jungle, they have jungles down there, right? The jungles down there are just completely illuminated. And you see a beautiful woman standing in a, what's the thing, the big circle where there's no trees? Um, You see her standing in a big circle where there's no, a clearing. You see her standing in a clearing. This woman is a little bit shorter than the average adult woman. That's not the thing that catches your eye, though. Her skin is gold. So a little short woman with golden skin standing underneath the moonlight. And you're like, damn, I hit the jackpot. And if you picked number two, you did hit the jackpot because we are talking about the Siguapa. The Siguapa is a forest mountain spirit cryptid. It's really weird how these all blend together. But it is a beautiful woman that you can meet in the mountainous regions. And you'd think, well, why wouldn't I want to meet a tiny little gold woman who's hanging around naked in a clearing? Well, if you pick number two, you approach her, your hands glide over her shiny golden body, and then she turns to you and she looks you in the eyes, and you feel nothing but passion for this woman. You begin to make sweet, sweet love. The mountains themselves shake with your passionate lovemaking. And then her fingers dig into the flesh of your stomach. (laughs) Rip all your intestines out. And before you can even come, before you can even finalize it, you're leaking more than that. You're leaking tons of bodily fluids all over the jungle. It's a huge mess. And she's laughing as she's bathing in your blood. And she goes, if you pick number two, this is you. Your friends, you you pick number two, so you're toast, but you hope that your friends could get some vengeance for you. With the Siguapua, and I know I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but the Siguapua has a trick. Her feet are on backwards, so it's hard to track her. Not impossible. You figure if you're looking for someone with backwards feet, just follow the trail backwards. But anyway, she runs off into the mountains, another victim of her cold, cruel hands. You're dead if you pick number two. These are all supposedly real, by the way. I'm not just making these up, but these are local legends. And they're interesting because you'll start to see some very... You'll start to see some some bizarre connections between them. Now we're going to Central America. So we're going a little bit farther south. We are in Central America. I don't know what type of music they have down there. I'm sure it's some variation of salsa with lots of horns. What? You know, I remember once I wondered, why does Mexican music have so many horns, because the horns are not an indigenous instrument to Mexico. Like, what is up with horns in Mexican restaurants? It's overpowering. And it actually was like, this. it was the Germans. But it was basically like they were imported over, and they're like, hey, it's so bizarre. There are more horns, I swear, there are more horns in Mexican music than there are in, like, big band, brass band stuff. It's outrageous how many horns. And I'm thinking... What were the actual indigenous instruments to Mexico? It wasn't brass horns. It wasn't the trumpet, but they're everywhere. But anyways, that's an aside. We're in Central America now. It's super, super loud horns blaring everywhere you walk. Now, you're walking down a road, and there's a river next to it. And you see a beautiful woman washing her hair. And you're like, that's odd. But at the same time, she is damn sexy. And you see her from the back. 
She has the shapeliest body you've ever seen. You're just immediately attracted to this woman, and you don't know why. It's almost like a siren's call this woman has. She's sitting by the edge of the water. She's washing her hair. She kind of flips it back and plays with it, and the water just drips off her long black hair onto her. Now you realize naked body. She turns to you and says, Come with me. Come with me into the jungle. And you can't resist. You grab her hand like so many other people have in Central America before. Long-standing legend of this person or creature. You grab her hand and she leads you into the jungle. And right when you get to that place in the jungle, what's it called? No, I'm just joking. Right when you get to a clearing in the jungle, you start making sweet, passionate love like you've never experienced before. And right at the height of excitement, her face begins to shift and churn and deform into the face of a horse. And she goes, if you picked number four, We're going all the way. And she just starts riding you. You should think you're riding the horse. No, she's riding you a big old horse face. And that's not the problem. You figure, uh, you know, her body, the rest of her body is still like a hot woman. She has a horse face. No big deal. But the sight of her horse face actually drives men mad. The reports in the area are men being found by rivers and they're out of their mind. They're like coke. They're like super coked out. They can't think of anything. They're just totally crazy. And the idea is they are being taken by these creatures called the Saihawanaba, beautiful women. They're always described as beautiful women who, at the moment of climax, either turn into a horse face or a skull face. And if it was my money, I would much rather bang a chick with a horse face than a chick with a skull. That's a tough one, actually. Oral's out of the question with either one of them. It's all teeth. But but again, as long as the body's still like in... 8-9 territory, it's good. Their face can be pretty jacked up as long as everything else is in working order. But these guys don't have that option. They totally go mad. And if you pick number four, you're locked in an insane asylum for the rest of your life. And every time you fall asleep, you imagine a big drooling horse face sitting over you as it's straight up riding you. Now, at least if you pick number four, you did get to get off and you're only insane. The first guy, if you pick number two guys, sorry, you died and you didn't even get to... You died of basically permanent blue balls. But we're going to go to a few more places here. Because these legends are everywhere. These legends are really everywhere. We're going, but, but now we're just going South America. So now we're just going to go a little bit farther south. We're in South America now. This one, we have to go to a little more exotic places. This creature exists. This creature is actually kind of a hippie chick. Because she lives in... Untouched landscapes, virgin woods, beautiful jungles that haven't been cut down yet in South America, mountainous regions that are unexplored. And she actually, the first two are just horny chicks that want to like kill you or drive you crazy. But, but this one actually has a goal, a dream. She went to community college. She got her environmental studies degree. And she ran off into, that's not actually her real backstory. She actually has a real backstory. But this creature, this woman, has a mission. And so you're walking along the jungle and this one you are actually a hunter. You're a you're a hunter and you're going out and you're just looking for some tapers to shoot. You want to get some pelts and you want to play with their big old funny looking noses. 
But you need to shoot them first, because otherwise they'll squish you. So you're hunting around in the jungle. You see a beautiful woman. Now, you don't know about your other two buddies. You don't know about number two and number four, who are already dead and insane. You just know that you're looking at this beautiful woman. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're kind of high from eating all that tapir meat. It, it is quite psychedelic. And here's this woman, naked, in the middle of the jungle. And you just, you just need a little human comfort. Now, this one is known as the Patasola. Now, the Patasola actually is one of the most versatile ones. She can shapeshift. So she can't just shapeshift from a beautiful woman to the form that you're going to end up banging in a second. But she can turn into stuff like a giant frog or a dog and stuff like that. Now, if you're trying to seduce dudes, I don't think being a giant frog is probably the best option. Because the frog's probably the least sexy creature of all. Even snakes are sexier than frogs. But she can take those shapes. But when she wants to really sink her teeth into a man, literally, she is the beautiful woman. And it's her job, her victim set is lumberjacks, hunters, loggers, people who are intruding on nature. They're all men. She doesn't attack women at all. So like I said, community college, environmental studies major. She's very, very man-hating. And right when you get her, right when you're like, oh yeah, she's so beautiful. And you're just right up in that. This beautiful chick that you're banging in the middle of the jungle Dead tapirs everywhere because you shot him. She begins to revert to her real form. She's described as having one leg, one breast, bulging eyes, cat-like fangs that she uses to drink your blood out. All of that stuff, as weird as it is, is far more believable than what I'm about to read you. She's described as having cookie-like hair. I have never, ever seen hair in my life that goes, hmm, it reminds me of cookies. I have, I have no idea what the phrase cookie-like hair means. I have absolutely, I don't know if it's some sort of South American thing that's a common descriptor, but what in the world is cookie-like hair? Is it crumbly? Does it have chocolate chips in it? Is it round? Is it not sure? The two, those are two things that are completely unrelated. Hair is long and skinny. Cookies are, at the very least, not any of those things. I could imagine if someone told me how the universe ends and, and outside the universe is nothing. There's no void. There's no darkness. It's simply nothing. Nothing exists. I can understand that concept far more than I can understand the term a cookie-like hair. I, it's blowing my mind. What, what does that even mean? I think if I saw a creature with cookie-like hair, I would, I, would, I would lose my mind. Forget the horse face, forget the skull. I would be looking at, like, the butthole of Cthulhu. I would be looking at something that is so incomprehensible to me if my mind could perceive both cookies and hair at the same time. This one doesn't drive you mad, though. She just sucks your blood out, which seems like a bit of a downer, but as, she's, as her teeth, as her cat-like fangs... <laughs> are shoving their way into her neck, you hear her whisper, If you pick number one, this is you. And you're getting like cookie crumbs all over your face, and your mind is just racing. You're like, where are these cookie crumbs coming from? She has an origin story, though. Apparently, she was this total, like, cruel woman in town that everyone hated. So one day, they conspired to trick her up to go up to the jungle, and they chopped her leg off, 
and left her there to die, and then she became this creature. I don't know why that backstory exists. You think she would be some, like, environmentalist who went out looking for something, and a gorilla ripped her legs off or something? I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense. If you were cruel and your leg got chopped off, I cut. don't think you're going to go then to preserve my... I don't think you're going to become Captain Planet. I don't remember that being part of that origin story. Captain Planet was a dick for a while, and then they mutilated him, and then he became a superhero. Quite an odd origin story for her, actually, like, her motivations. But we got one, we got two, we got four, so you're thinking, I picked number three, where are we going? Now, this is where we get interesting. So, we went to Dominican Republic, we went to Central America, we went to South America. Now we're going to Southeast Asia. Vietnam, Korea, all that stuff. So, and of course, there's stories all over the world about sirens and succubi and killer women. So this isn't restricted to any areas, but this one, this has a bizarre connection. This one's a little weird. So if you pick number three, you're walking through Southeast Asia. Bunch of trumpet music, really loud horns, salsa music, because you have your Walkman on and you're listening to a tape that your buddy sent you from Mexico before he mysteriously disappeared. But you're walking through Vietnam. Just walking through the entire country of Vietnam. You're walking through a town. And you notice people are a little nervous. And it's not just because you're an outsider. But because they recently had a funeral. And a whole lot of bad luck. You see, in Southeast Asia, there's this creature known as the Chorel. And it is created when a woman dies of what's called grossly unsatisfied desires. Now, when I first read that, I'm thinking she didn't get banged enough. But that's just, I think that's the way my mind works. Basically, it means that the way that it's normally put is they they had work left to do. And in this case, if a woman dies during childbirth or dies less than 12 days after childbirth, she becomes a churl. Sometimes babies, baby girls can become churls because they don't get to live their life and the mother obviously wasn't able to raise the baby, so they become a churl. They become a spirit of vengeance. But after totally mutilating all the people in their house, They then wander out into the wilderness and prey on strangers, prey on men. Same thing. Beautiful young woman seducing you over. Come here, number three. Come here. It's okay, number three. Come to me. And you can't resist. She has that bit of that siren's call thing that we also see all over the world. She grabs you passionately, pulls you into the jungle, bangs you. You do get to complete this. You get your rocks off multiple times, just over and over and over, every position you can think of, with this dead mom. You don't know she's dead, though. But still, you're you're banging a dead mom, basically. And then, the next morning, the sun comes up, and you're like, oh, man, that was good. My back really hurts. That must have been awesome. Wait a second. What? Uh, I'm an old man! You basically, she bangs you until you become Benjamin Button. She bangs you until she sucks all your life force out and you become an old man. You're having reports in these villages of these young men going out late at night in the jungle. And they're coming back and they're like 80 years old. And they're like, oh, my back, everything. I don't understand what this is like. And the people are like, oh, you banged a churl, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, maybe a little bit. I thought I would only get like 30 years older, but I just kept going. So this one doesn't kill you, but it actually like rapidly ages you, which is kind of worse, really, if you think about it. Because it's going to shorten your lifespan, but you go from being like 30 to 90 in a night, you're going to have a lot of catching up to do on episodes of Matlock. Like, you don't have much, and you don't have much longer to live anyways. 
So it's almost like a twofold. Like, she's just totally being a dick. And when you're banging her, she becomes old, too. She gets saggy breasts, black tongue. Not saying all, all old people have black tongues, but she has saggy breasts, a black tongue, rough lips. You imagine those little sandpaper lips rubbing all over yours. Big old pot belly. Claws. Not a lot of elderly people have claws, either. And, very specific on this point, she has long pubic hair. My question to you, person who came up with this myth, how long does pubic hair have to be before it's described as long? Because generally, I'll be like, ah, she didn't shave, but I'm not necessarily going to call that long pubic hair. When I think long pubic hair, I'm thinking down to the knees. How long is this corpse's pubic hair? I mean, can you, like, tie, can you start braiding it? Is it, like, Chewbacca down there? Is it, like, ZZ Top hanging out down there? Like, how long is it? I need some specification, but not visual specification. Just let me know, mythologist of Southeast Asia. So, this one has one other trait that we've, they all have the thing of their being out in the wilderness, seducing young men, leading them off to their death. And that really, and that, again, that's kind of a universal thing. And a lot of people think that these legends become a thing because they're stories to get young men not to dig around in the woods. Like they're saying, don't go off in the woods too far. You might run in a teddy bear picnic and you might also bang a chick to death. And at first people are like, well, I like the first part of that sentence. You didn't have to say the last two words, but... I, they think that these stories were old warnings saying the woods are dangerous. I don't believe you. The woods are dangerous. I don't believe you. And then finally they created these myths and legends. And mythologists also think that these legends were created to keep men faithful to their wives. Because you know your wife doesn't have super long pubic hair and a pot belly. And you know your wife doesn't have a horse face. So bang her. Don't bang these mutant creatures. If you see a hot woman out, you know, standing by the side of the street, it's probably a monster. So just go home and bring your wife. So they think that that's why these legends have come about. But what mythologists haven't been able to answer? What sociologists haven't been able to answer? This is bizarre. The churl in Southeast Asia has backwards feet, so you can't track it. Just like the first cryptid we talked about, the Siguapa in Dominican Republic. There was no cross-contamination when these two stories had came up on different parts of the globe. They do not know how these stories have such a bizarre detail that's exactly the same. It could be chance. It could be totally random that both of these cryptids, or ghosts, or however you want to classify them, have that same detail. Totally random. Or it could be that in some way they're based on something. It's a very, very small detail to be shared. And if someone tells a Bigfoot story in one part of the world, when when we talk about Bigfoot in the U.S. and people talk about Bigfoots in the Himalayas, people go, oh, they share all these characteristics. It's probably real. It's probably this real sighting. But we do have that cross-contamination. These stories had no cross-contamination, and they have this detail that seems minor at first, but the fact that it's spread across oceans in time periods and civilizations, and they have a killer woman who has sex with you, who can shapeshift and has backwards feet, it makes you think maybe there's something to this. Now, all these cryptids hunt in the wilderness. And I think at the time that these myths were being created, that's where they would hunt. 
But today, if these creatures are real, they're going to hunt to the clubs. They're going to hunt downtown. They're going to go anywhere where young men go who are horny and looking for some action. All the other tricks are the same. Seduce them. Get them someplace where no one else can see them. And feed. Are there really killer female shape-shifting cryptids out there? Probably not. But the next time a girl way out of your league starts hitting on you, better check her feet. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.